When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. This is George Newbern, the voice of Superman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUReview.com and on your favorite podcast app. There is an alien among us. A superior being from a place called Krypton. Deep in the heart of the city, he watches for signs of danger. Ready to act on a moment's notice. His true name is Kal-El. You know him as Superman. Maybe you ladies haven't heard about me. The future of Metropolis is in the hands of the Man of Steel. Get up. He's gonna be busy. I said get up. Superman. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 196 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your two hosts, Cal, and with me, our other host, my good brother, my good friend, the man that runs our Twitter account. It's Liam. And Liam, we are smack dab in the middle of our Superman month, and boy, oh boy, We have uh, one that may go down in history today when uh, when it comes to our Superman the Animated Series review. Welcome to the 196th edition of the DCAU Review. Yeah, um, this is is an interesting one that we're going to be talking about. As you mentioned, Superman the Animated Series, we are in the really in the last legs of this show in the sense of both in that we have reviewed almost every episode of it and even in the production order where this episode that we're talking about today falls. Uh, we are, of course, talking about Superman's Pal, a uh, third season episode, uh, a famous or perhaps maybe more accurately infamous episode of this series. And uh, yeah, I, I think we both have a fair amount to say about this one. So uh, let's uh, let's not waste time. Yeah, let's strap ourselves in here and uh, get to it. Before we do, let's get to our official IMDb synopsis brought to you by the Pod Tower YouTube channel, which you can head over to youtube.com slash the Pod Tower. Subscribe to there. Not only will you get our entire catalog and new episodes, you also get additional content from other DCAU creators. Liam, uh, this episode originally aired on the Kids WB back on Get this, February the 20th, 1999, meaning a little bit of accidental continuity here as we uh, we <laughs> review this just, just shy of the 23rd anniversary of this episode's debut. That's right, and this is for the episode Superman's Pal, which is written by Bob Goodman, directed by Kazumi Mizushima, with music by Dynamic Music Partners, and animation by uh, a pair of studios, Group TAC and Jade Animation. And that synopsis reads as such. 
Jimmy Olsen finds his life complicated when his friendship with Superman publicly blows out of proportion. Uh, that's it. <laughs> that's all we get. All right. That's well, all short we and sweet, to the point. Uh, not not terrible. Maybe the best thing that we'll have to say uh, <laughs> all all episode here. Uh, let me just say before we get into the actual breakdown here of this plot. Uh, I have a lot of respect for Mr. Mr. Bob Goodman. He wrote the episode last week that we talked about. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, co-created Zeta. Uh, you know, wrote on various different DCAU projects. Um, with that said, um, I feel like it would we would be remiss not to acknowledge that this has been nominated by Bruce Tim himself, man. <laughs> Uh, one of the 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 people responsible for creating the entire DC animated universe. One of the reasons why this podcast exists. Happy belated birthday, by the way, mm-hmm. Mr. Tim. But uh, he has notated uh, on several occasions that this episode ranks in the top five worst DCAU episodes. Uh, he was ever responsible for or partially responsible for and even <laughs> issued as you you forwarded this week on a uh, on one of the old cartoon forums a public apology for this episode <laughs> yes that is right so just know that we are in quite rarefied air when we when we uh when we start talking about this this is uh you know we'll we'll see once we get to our scores but uh you people might uh might know uh, of a certain jar that this episode is headed to. That is correct. So I guess we can get into our plot here, Liam. We uh, we open up here with this episode, and we we're introduced to a new intern at the the Daily Planet, working alongside Lois, doing her very best to get on every last one of Lois's nerves with her jingle jangling, as she's got a uh, a nose ring and lots of jewelry. That's how you can tell she's a rebel. Uh, she's you know. <laughs> She's got a pixie haircut and and all of this extra jewelry and boy is she just driving Lois mad, and uh, from from off uh, off screen we we are introduced to reintroduced to of course Jimmy Olsen also known as the horniest man in all <laughs> of Metropolis as uh, he is just longingly staring at uh, at the new intern and Clark very quickly decides that hey he's gonna try to be Jimmy's wingman and, and encourage him to go over there and make a move. We learned that uh, that he's already attempted to make not one, but two moves because Jimmy is just the type of guy that won't take no for an answer. The new intern something, huh? Who, Tina? Uh, too cool for me. Excuse me? Well, look at her. She's gorgeous. She gets to hang out with the famous Lois Lane all day. Me, I'm just a nobody. You're selling yourself short. Ask her out. I already tried, twice. First time she said her cat was sick. And the second? She told me to buzz off. She's learning from Lois already. He uh, he decides uh, that he's he's just not not good enough for her. He's too schlubby of a loser, and she's not interested in uh, in dating him. So this, of course, uh, as as they're sitting there, we learn that just outside the Daily Planet, there is a police pursuit that is happening. 
and uh, in in <laughs> in hot pursuit hmm. of this chase is the the true villain of this episode, I believe. <laughs> that being Angela Chen, who this the sole reason for why this whole episode exists, I guess, because uh, not only uh, is, she, is she responsible later on for for leading with the uh, the media narrative that's that's less. Jimmy is Superman's pal, but in this case, uh, her interest in getting the best angle in a story causes her to encourage her helicopter pilot to uh, get closer to the action, which in turn causes this ricochet effect on another pilot's helicopter, uh, which forces this crash and Superman has to quickly speed into action and save not only a, a helicopter from crashing after he's just stopped this, this police pursuit of this runaway vehicle, and then on top of it, a bridge also starts to collapse for reasons. And uh, yeah, so uh, shortly thereafter, uh, Angela Chen decides that she needs more of a hot story and begins interviewing, attempts to interview Superman, but instead uh, is only able to get some, some comments from Jimmy Olsen. And well, she's off to the races with those comments in, in the way that only the media can do. And that's spin it in a way that... Uh, is well, a little bit misleading, I'd say. How's he doing? I think he's all right. Paramedics are on their way. Got time for a statement, Superman? You wouldn't want it. Thanks for your help, Jimmy. Cut. Hey, Olsen, you're friends with Superman, right? Want to do an interview? Uh, I don't think I'd be real comfortable with that. Why not? Camera shy? No, but it's not like I'd call us pals or anything. Well, you know him, right? Yeah. That's good enough for me. So how would you characterize your friendship with Superman? Real comfortable. I'd call us pals. There you have it. Superman has a pal. My investigative team has uncovered link after link between the Man of Steel and James Olsen Jr., Jimmy to his friends. According to our research, you single-handedly saved Superman's skin from both the Parasite and Luminous. Plus, we're told you went undercover at his request to crack Intergang's connection to Apocalypse. Is all of this true? Yeah. What? Hold it right there! First of all, Superman saved us from Luminous, not the other way around. And second, what am I, chop liver? Well, spin is like a very generous term. <laughs> she lies. and Like, this is Project Veritas stuff. Like, this is super... <laughs> this is like, she doctors footage and straight up lies about what Jimmy Olsen told her. Uh, she asked him a series of questions. He completely downplays... That he and, and that he helps Superman or he's somehow part of like a Superman's crime fighting team or that he has saved Superman's life on five or six occasions. He downplays all of that. And then she she literally doctors footage to pretend that he said something else. Like this is, this is like this is a little beyond spin. This is this is that's just that's just lying. Yes, just... yes. It's it's definitely misleading the viewers just for a hot take. Something you would never see any media outlet ever do. Never. Like never. Never would you see a, a media outlet lead with a story just for the sake of getting attention. Uh, but yeah, shortly thereafter, unfortunately, Jimmy uh, Jimmy realizes that uh, he's become a little bit popular because of it, and. Of course, because the episode has to happen, Jimmy starts to sort of revel in the fact that he's now known as Superman's pal. Yeah. So his reveling, though, is like, I don't feel like Jimmy is 
Like, yes, he doesn't, I guess, immediately try to get Angela to take the story back, but like he has a moment where, yes, Tina, the the intern, is a little bit more interested in in him and asks him out after after uh, she hears on the news that he is Superman's pal, and then he gets like a free dinner, and and somebody asks him to like sign an autograph for him, but it's not like he's doing anything like really lascivious with the. It's all in the name of his horniness. He's he's sure. to, he's, to spell he's, it he's out. He's trying to get she's... laid. He's right. trying to use it to get laid. <laughs> right, and like he's excited that the girl he likes is more interested in him, and so he's kind of playing up that yeah, okay, well maybe this not won't be so bad, and and yeah, you see uh you know a little like I said a little thing of him signing autographs, and there a little later they're they're leaving a restaurant with you know after going on their date, and then the the restaurant owner lets him know that that the they picked up the tab for him in exchange for, hey, next time you come, Jimmy, bring your pal Superman. And everything's <laughs> great. And Jimmy's feeling like, a, you know, feeling like he's on cloud nine. And then uh, and then he, he wanders down a dark alley and uh, and a group <laughs> of nondescript hoodlums uh, decide to murder him because he's friends with Superman. <laughs> um, oh. Watch it, idiot. Oh, uh, sorry. Wait a second. You're Superman's twerp, ain't you? Uh, not exact. This is perfect. Superman put my best buddy in the slammer. Now I'm going to put his buddy in the morgue. And, uh, and so uh, Tina calls out to Superman, and thankfully I guess he was within... We don't really get... I don't really ever feel like we ever get a sense of how good superman's hearing is in like obviously we know he has super hearing but we don't in this series at least like in other in other versions of superman you get the feeling he can hear like every sound on earth (laughs) and i don't necessarily get that sense here but he is able to hear tina calling out uh for help as he arrives to uh scare the thugs off and uh and uh yeah so at, at jimmy at this point is beginning to feel like maybe it's it's not such a great thing to be publicly known as superman's best friend as we uh as we get a, a montage maybe the the only like actual narrative highlight of this episode agreed which is where he's just like he's he gets like more and more depressed and annoyed as just a parade of people keep coming up to him and trying to ask him to get superman to come to their kid's birthday or come to a charity event or sell promote, like a become a spokesperson for a car yeah become yeah, a spokesperson <laughs> yeah so that's probably the the narrative highlight of the episode is yes and then finally, as Jimmy is leaving a restaurant after uh, the chef at the restaurant is demanding Jimmy get Superman to come beat up his neighbor for <laughs> him, uh, uh, Jimmy is running away from a from a it's Beatlemania all of a sudden, and he's, he's running away from a group of uh, you know impressionable young women. Uh, surprisingly, uh, given Jimmy's status as the horniest man in the DCAU but um, yes he's as he's running away uh, Tina shows up in a car just in time and drives him away and says she knows of a place that they can hide out and uh, that there's someone she wants Jimmy to meet which is here at the end of the second act of this episode we finally understand like what any of this has been leading to or been about or why (laughs) what what is this and it is in fact that Tina brings Jimmy to a junkyard to meet her uh, her friend in fact more than friend as we find out uh 
who is none other than the returning villain of the of the episode finally not the true villain as you mentioned that's angela chen <laughs> but the uh the super villain who shows up in this episode is in fact metallo yeah he's back wouldn't you know and uh man what what a you know i might wish... have really fallen here man like truly from like yeah. uh, dealing with like lex luthor and corporate sabotage to you know, he's last time we saw him chronologically, at least, was in heavy metal. He's working with Intergang and fighting off two, fighting off not only Superman but Steel at the same time. And here we see him again. He's just he's hanging out in a junkyard in a weird turtleneck <laughs> <laughs> with with like the goth girl or like like the yeah. '90s version of like you know the cool girl. Punk. Yeah, the punk girl. Yeah. So, yeah, how the mighty have fallen. The best part, though, is that Metallo is absolutely just bewildered as to why she brought Jimmy Olsen to the <laughs> junkyard. <laughs> he, that I bought. I was like, Metallo is not on board with this because, uh, as he reveals, his, his desire, which makes a whole hell of a lot more sense, was that they bring Lois Lane, and uh, that would attract Superman. But uh, as you mentioned, Tina is convinced at this point, based on their interaction the night before, that Superman will show up to save Jimmy. So they decide to put Jimmy in some danger because she's had about enough of him. Uh, Jimmy tries <laughs> to escape and uh, it goes to get in the car. It's not a uh, it's not a push start model here from 1999. He doesn't have <laughs> the keys. So, of course, they're at a junkyard for good reason. Uh, the car is picked up uh, by the magnetic lift and dropped into the car crusher thing that all junkyards, I guess, mm -hmm. have. And uh, he's immediately placed in peril, but not not killed just yet. Anyway, uh, it so really makes it really makes you think. What did he do to her on that date that they had? <laughs> because because Metallo has to be like, ease up. We're not trying to kill him yet. And she's like, you don't understand. <laughs> you don't understand what it was like. <laughs> like. What did Jimmy do to her? Oh no. Uh, yeah, that's that's a, let your minds run wild. <laughs> um, so uh, at this point, Tina decides that she's going to figure out uh, how to get perhaps get Lois there and uh, in a way then get Superman there. So she calls up Lois saying that she's been kidnapped. Uh, Lois being the only smart character, I feel like in this entire episode, phones the police <laughs> instead of showing up on her own, phones the police and they say to sit tight and kind of let things go. Of course, Clark overhears this with his super sight. I'm not sure. I don't didn't quite find the math in that, but he uses his, his they, they clearly zoom in on his eyes and he lowers his glasses as he's using his supervision to listen to the conversation. But well, he he's hears using it. both, right? He's right. using the x-ray to see through a window oh right yeah didn't didn't see quite into, get that see into perry's office where lois is and then he's also listening <laughs> with his right. super hearing so he rushes out uh of course and lands there and just as he arrives jimmy is attempting to warn him that it's a trap it's a trap it's a trap but of course not in time because metallo comes out uh, a battle ensues uh, and uh, luckily for Jimmy, he apparently inherits super strength because he's able to punch his way out of the trunk <laughs> of a vehicle, a metal vehicle for all for all that we understand here, punches his way out through the trunk and uh, brings a tire iron back to the 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 little RV where <laughs> where uh, where Tina was 
which also holds the controls, I guess, to this machine, this crane. And uh, so he locks her in a closet in an attempt to assist Superman, who is quite frankly getting his his behind handed to him at this point by Metallo because he surprised him. Metallo has him dead to rights, but uh, in sort of underneath of the school bus. Uh, but uh, Jimmy uses the crane with a magnetic, uh, magnetic little lift there that, mm-hmm. you know, of course, picks up Metallo at that point and uh, sort of rattles him around. Superman is able to, to at least create some distance and they drop him into the car crusher thing. Uh, and it looks like that's about it. But of course, that can't be it because this episode can't mercifully end that way. <laughs> uh, Metallo breaks out and we we get our final little bit here with maybe one of the worst. Uh, I, I don't think I don't think science would say that this is this is possible to happen, but we get the conclusion of the episode in a very Jimmy Olsen saves the day way. Yes, as, uh, as it seems like all is lost here he you know jimmy jimmy fights off dina locks her in a closet and then uh and then yes as as it seems like superman as uh metallo once again has superman dead to rights jimmy uh, notices a pile of batteries and uh that they're happen to be leaking acid and so he throws battery acid on metallo which is able to sort of melt the uh i guess the device that holds his kryptonite heart in place and uh, as a result of the heart falling out of his chest, that sort of uh, does, spells the end for Metallo as he falls, uh, the, the large, uh, was the bus or whatever he was holding, falls on him. And uh, that's kind of the last we see of Metallo here. Uh, and also the last we saw of Tina, too. As far as we know, she's still, <laughs> still locked in that closet to this day. But, um, but uh, yes, we got, we got our, our little epilogue here as, as Superman and, and Jimmy have a little bit of a heart-to-heart and... Superman uh, decides that he's going to, I guess, give Jimmy a present. And as we find out, it is, of course, straight out of those uh, original Superman's pal comic books uh, from the, the golden and silver age of DC Comics. He gives him the, the uh, signal watch, which Jimmy can press a button and a special signal will, will go, a special frequency will go out that only Superman can hear. And so if, if Jimmy's ever in trouble... Now that they're now that he's publicly known as, as Superman's pal, uh, he can call his buddy Superman for backup. So I guess that's like supposed to be the happy ending is like Superman's not mad at Jimmy for <laughs> for uh, for misrepresenting uh, the truth about how often he helps Superman. But uh, yeah, and he gives him a little treat. And yes, and, and, it's, and it's the thing from the comics, really. That's that's, that's that was the end goal here. It was it was 22 minutes of whatever the heck that was just so we could get to a point where Superman gives him the watch. Still kicking yourself? Why shouldn't I? I messed things up big time. You lived up to your press, Jimmy. You saved my life again. Here, I made you a thank you gift. You didn't have to. I mean, you saved my life too. Only like a million times. It's not just a watch. This button emits a hypersonic signal. If I'm anywhere in the city, I'll hear it and I'll come. I figured you might need it, now that everyone knows we're friends. Just don't wear it out. Superman, a watchmaker. Little did we know. We learned. Yeah. is the like the benign fortress of solitude brainiac 
make that or like is Superman? He said he made it. He says, I made this for you. (laughs) Yeah, I guess Superman. Unless Superman's a liar, he fastened. I I see him meticulously putting that watch (laughs) together late hours at the at the Fortress of Solitude, you know, using his supervision to put every one of those cranks and nooks Mm -hmm. and crannies Mm -hmm. together to to make that watch work. Well, there you go. But yeah, that's where <laughs> that's where our episode uh, wraps up. So um, this is uh, this is this is bad in a few different ways. One, because it's it's not very good just from a story perspective. It's not that interesting of a story. Uh, the execution, I think, is really boring. And then there's like a comedic middle part, which is kind of funny. But overall, and then the, our big action-packed finale is Superman fights Metallo in a junkyard. Um, and we'll get to visuals in a second. The visual component of this is another reason I think uh, the, the story was not being helped out by the, by the visuals. But uh, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, but uh, yeah, I really, really didn't enjoy this at all. Uh, and uh, so I gave uh, plot a zero out of ten. Oh my goodness! <laughs> We're starting out with zeros this week. Yep. Oh my goodness. Well, uh, I did not go that low. I, I don't. I don't know. Is this worthy of the disagreement alarm? I gave it a two. <laughs> I gave it a two out of ten. I think, uh, I think within three points. <laughs> is, is, I don't think we need to break out the alarm just yet. But uh. yeah, I think the only redeeming redeeming factor out of this is that uh, that that horny Jimmy Olsen gets his comeuppance, uh, and uh, you know, finally women fight back against him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um and and he kind of gets gets what's coming to him for that uh but other than that yeah it's 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 sad that this is the last time that we see metallo it's sad that he was sort of an afterthought as the villain for the episode it felt like you could have just plug and played any person here and i don't know Mm. why i guess because the stakes were set so unbearably low for the first you know as you mentioned he's not introduced until the tail end of the second act so the stakes are set so incredibly low based on the fact that oh is how is jimmy going to handle this newfound popularity and oh is he going to be dodging guys that are seeking revenge against superman everywhere he goes along with these salesmen that are trying to recruit superman like (laughs) that's that those don't seem like very high stakes i guess so for the fact that the they were set so low and then it just feels like at the end that he's kind of jammed in there as a as an afterthought and as you mentioned having had several great episodes before this where you really built up the the aura of that of that character to have him kind of wrapped up here this in this way and defeated so very silly by jimmy olsen with some battery acid is it just it feels unjust for this character so (laughs) yeah there's there's a lot and i think a lot more is going to come of this when we talk about it in animation visuals but you know i i think that the the middle part as you mentioned like the comedy aspect that that is the best part of the episode you know Mm -hmm. if we're going to focus on the focus on the positives the silver lining of a very very dark cloud um i think that that comedy has notes of like a a paul dini story and i think honestly that was Mm -hmm. what i was thinking if you went entirely goofy and zany paul dini paul dini style comedy from start to finish i think that it would have been maybe a little bit less 
uh, goofy, but that whole third act feels incredibly like the comedy is completely stripped away from it. Yeah. Which makes it feel, feel, and, and there's not much comedy in the first act. It's kind of all in that middle act. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I think, I think pacing is part of that. The, yeah, the lack of comedic uh, elements in the, in the later part of the episode. I also think, yeah, speaking of Metallo, like, I feel like you needed a villain that lends itself more to the, the ridiculousness and the comedy of this story. Mm -hmm. Like this would be a good spot for Calabac, honestly. <laughs> like, I don't know how you get to Tina dating Calabac, but like everything else, I was like, it like, like you just need someone that's like really could be like really silly and really played for laughs in, in the Superman rogues gallery. And I was like, sure. yeah, this Calabac could have worked. Like, yeah. Like a great goodness for that matter. Yes. Any, like, any of like the sillier new gods character or or i'm sure there's there's other a mixy spit like maybe he wouldn't necessarily really care about superman having a pal or maybe maybe he would maybe he'd get jealous because superman uh you know seemingly likes to spend time with jimmy and doesn't like to spend time with him or something or bizarro even like somebody again i don't know how you get you get the tina character involved you could just get rid of her she's not that interesting <laughs> right she's never heard from um, again it was and it right. wasn't that she wasn't that important clearly um so yeah, I would. I think just and, and that's the other thing too. Or if the third act, instead of Jimmy being lured to a junkyard, uh, if it was like if Metallo just like showed up at the Daily Planet, right, and just started wrecking shop there, and then it's like, oh, Jimmy, you know, not doing more to quash the story has now put all of his friends in danger, or something like that, and like there's there's a little bit there maybe you could have worked something out where he learns more of a lesson at the end but yeah as it stands just 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 bad man like i said i the, there's some funny elements to it but yeah i don't think they leaned hard enough into the comedy to really embrace how low stakes and silly this episode was yeah agreed all right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which uh, uh, animation and visuals. And uh, as you mentioned, there were two different animation studios that worked on this. Um, and let me just throw this out there ahead of time. Uh, the same animation studio is responsible for uh, a fish story, which we have not yet reviewed uh that's coming up in mm -hmm. uh in in the not too distant future more than likely um little big head man which we've also not reviewed uh, bizarro and mixia spitlick uh, combo um they also uh one of them was responsible for the terrible trio and if if uh if you're not i, I think if you're not so or no what is reality i think also mm -hmm. in batman the animated series but maybe most infamously both of these animation studios combined to work on the all-time dollar in the bad episode jar unity <laughs> um so that kind of gives you a, an idea if you haven't seen this episode in a while and if you haven't seen this episode in a while and you haven't listened to our review of unity you can check out that in the archives at dcaureview.com but let's just say spoiler alert uh it ranks as one of the worst episodes we have ever ever reviewed here mm -hmm, on the show mm -hmm. and uh animation and visuals i believe was like a two and a one from us on that episode or something <laughs> like that or two out of four it was it was it's single digits low low single digits yeah. on those so um so let me just say that the first thing that i noticed character models are way off everybody's way too round yes. 
everybody's way too round. Everybody has a rounded chin, rounded head, rounded hair. Uh, it's it's strange it, proportions. Yes, it's it's not good. That was the first thing that I noticed. It reminds me a little bit more of the ironically, like the first shot of Superman. I was like that look or of Clark Kent, rather. I, I was like, that looks more like the Fleischer Superman Clark Kent than mm-hmm. it does our Clark Kent. He's much rounder and and just just not not that square jawed Bruce Tim Jack Kirby designed uh influenced uh character model so every character model in here is off uh there are a lot of inconsistencies with some of the models jimmy olsen they can't decide what color his eyebrows are sometimes they're black mm-hmm. sometimes they're orange uh yep. some sometimes his eyes appear or his his eyes appear without color in the irises and other times they disappear completely um there's a lot of jump cuts in this also like weird editing did you notice that yeah so i don't know if if i blame that more on this so the the director of this episode uh this is the only episode of any of the dcau shows he directed uh kazumi mizushima he was uh he he did some other directing for a lot of eastern animation uh he does have a a fair amount of western animation credits to his name but they're for things like the gi joe cartoon and that's exactly what i thought this felt like that's exactly what i thought this felt like there's odd and yeah to your point about uh like like weird cuts and things not really lining up like there's a shot at one point in the final fight where Metallo hits Superman with his kryptonite and Superman's like falling backwards. And all of a sudden it cuts to like a wide shot and Superman's like rolling on his side. And it like, <laughs> it just didn't match at all. Um, that's yeah. There's, there's, there's also a point it's in, in that opening scene where when Angela comes up to try to interview Superman and she's talking to him and Jimmy, like Angela is speaking and Superman's mouth is opening and closing. I saw that, yes. And I don't know if it's supposed to be like he's like trying to, like they're trying to, like that he's grimacing or he's trying to speak, but Angela's not letting him. Like I couldn't figure out what was happening there. Yeah. As you already, as you already mentioned, like the, you know, the weird, weird, uh, you know, just everybody's off model for the whole episode. The sequence, which as we mentioned, is maybe the highlight of the episode when, when Jimmy's being uh, being uh, you know accosted by all these different people, there's a bunch of him running, and that I would blame more on definitely on the animation side than the direction side. In that he's like the running is very stiff, and he, like his arms are like weirdly down at his sides while he's running. Like it's very, it's yeah. The that's the other thing too is just there's a very there's a big lack of fluidity in the animation as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I, the first thing that I noticed and I rewound it and I'm like, did, am I missing something here? That first scene with the helicopters crashing, Superman catches the helicopter sort of in his lap, sort of at, at his chest with his arms wrapped around the front of the helicopter. And there's mm-hmm. this quick jump cut. And then all of a sudden he's lifting it from behind. Like he has his arms behind him with it behind him on his back. And it was like, well, how did that happen? We just saw it yeah. literally a nanosecond ago and he had it catching it like a, you know, like he was hugging it. And now he's got his arms behind his back holding it. Um, there was there was a lot of that. And it's funny that you said G.I. Joe because that's exactly what it, it reminded me of that or those Marvel cartoons from the 90s where it felt like, you know, the directors of those shows a lot of times had, you know, 
if they were static on one image for too long, that maybe they were going to lose the audience's attention or something. Like <laughs> it was almost like there was an ADD problem. You get, you get a split second and then another split second or, and then we cut to this and then we cut to that. And it was all of this happening. It was very, yeah. very, very strange. Um, and that was that was something that happened throughout the entirety of the episode. There's and then there's just inconsistencies and things showing up. There's the the part where Superman, uh, after he overhears Lois explaining to Perry White, who is very round in this episode, uh, <laughs> after after she explains to, to him what's going on and Superman rushes out the window and she kind of has to hold down her skirt. Not only do her hands go through her skirt, but she gets like. The, the very Eastern animation anime sort of eyes and then like the little squiggles on her cheeks, sort of like mm -hmm. blushing almost. I was like, that looks like a like a shot from Pokemon or something like that. <laughs> that's that doesn't that's not a DCAU. That's not DCAU. It's fine in, in the context of being in an Eastern animated anime, but that's not what this is. <laughs> yeah. There, and the only other thing I really have to mention beyond just echoing almost everything you said uh, for, for visuals and animations, there's a lot of like strange framing, which I would assume is, is on the part of the director and the storyboard artists for this episode, um, which is there's like a lot of wide shots where it'll be like a, like a really zoomed out look and you'll have like the character, the animated character in frame, just kind of like standing there and talking, or maybe they're walking a little bit. And then you just kind of have, you're just zoomed out really far into the background. It's like, it's not, there's very little like close-ups in this. And I, and I don't know if that, that was just like a weird stylistic choice made by this uh, particular director or this particular animation uh, sequence, but, and maybe it would be more interesting if they were in like, you know, some like tropical rainforest and the backgrounds were super intricate and something, maybe that would be interesting, but they're in like, it's just like a building or <laughs> they're in a junkyard and there's just like these very strange shots. Uh, there's a shot, there's one, there's like a, there's like a profile shot of Metallo at one point and like, his head is wrinkled <laughs> like maybe I'm maybe I'm nitpicking here and it's just like a weird angle to try to animate and draw draw him but as he's looking it's like the 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 hair like the way his hair looks is very inconsistent um as well and then yeah it's like that final fight is pretty pretty toothless there's a shot of Superman like trying to lift up a school bus at one point and it looks like they had one static image of him holding it and then they just like shake or maybe like two images and they just kind of cut back and they just kind of like shake the camera to try to make it look like he's struggling <laughs> with it. Like shake the camera and move it up and down a little bit. So it looks like he's kind of struggling and it's kind of falling down a little bit. And then he's picking it up like just some really just like cheap stuff that I don't feel like you saw in these cartoons very often, um, especially not in this era. Uh, you know, the kids WB era, you just didn't really see things like that with this. And again, whether or not that's exactly who to blame for, again, for stuff like that, for, for those sort of things, I would, I would think that falls more on the, on the animation studios, maybe what they're used to doing is you said they did not do a ton of episodes of the series or any of the, the DCAU series, but uh, most of them are not highly lauded for their, for their animation. But yeah, it's just, it's just a weird, weird mix of, like really everybody's off model and and then on top of it you have really stiff animation and then i thought were just some really strange uh direction choices as far as the way shots were framed that honestly i think 
called more attention to how weird everyone looked because you're constantly looking at their entire bodies and <laughs> yeah i i think that's i think that's all fair and all all accurate based on the fact that we independently both made those observations of of random things i I wholeheartedly agree. And I have to wonder, is this, is this during the time when the normal like Coco was doing or TMS, they were doing both this and Batman, the animated or the new Batman adventures and starting Batman beyond. Like, is that, is this like when all three yeah, of those things would, sort of overlap? Yeah, would, yeah. I think this is like the end of ni- the 99, right? So this is, yeah, this is definitely around that time. I mean, beyond would have definitely been in, been in at least pre-production by then which is maybe why so so your directors your regular storyboard artists and such are probably being pulled every which way among all these different shows and then yes you're still wrapping up Batman and Superman while while doing all this production work for for beyond at the same time so yeah that that could very well be part of it because yeah this is this just this really feels like this is like your this isn't like your C or D this is like your D or F team this isn't like your <laughs> your A or, it's not your A team it's not your B team like we're we're way down the list of of people like we said this is Mr. Uh, Mr. only directing credit in the DCAU and and uh, like I said I'm sure I I'd be interested to see some of the the Eastern animation that he worked on because I'm I would I would bet that he may be more suited for that or. Again, like I said, his his other uh, uh, Western animation credits were for things like the Alf cartoon and GI Joe and things like that. So uh, <laughs> I just don't think he was uh, perhaps suited to do a uh, to do this more modern style. And especially just I think overall, when you think of Warner Brothers animation, especially '90s Warner Brothers animation, it's so has so much life to it. Whether you're watching Batman or Superman or tiny tunes or freakazoid or something like it's just like there's so much movement and it's everything feels so alive when you watch those shows and this is just weirdly stiff and 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 off model and just unpleasant to look at if i'm being honest yeah so i i think you can pretty much guess where this is going uh as far as our of our scores uh there wasn't a lot to enjoy or like as far as this episode was concerned. Um, I really honestly wish I had something pleasant to say, uh, but I, I don't, <laughs> I really don't. Uh, maybe Mattel's turtleneck. That was, yeah. that was fine. That was, a, <laughs> that was a fine addition to that character. No explanation given or needed. Uh, but for all of the myriad of issues that we had with this personally that I had with this and, and just the inconsistencies and the, the callbacks to animation that is notoriously just not good does not hold up to today's standard. Uh, I gave animation and visuals a zero out of 10. And uh, I gave it the exact same score as oh my God. Um, <laughs> so far. Liam has zero points on the board. Yeah, I promise. <laughs> I promise I have a couple nice things to say about it because this is something that I think we run into often. If there's an episode we don't like, or if it's an episode other people don't like, I know every episode is somebody's favorite episode or it's the first episode of the series you saw. So it has a special place in your heart. But like, I remember not liking this one when I was a kid because I remember and uh, it was it was this this was another one that was in pretty heavy rotation on Kids WB back in the day. Um, So I saw I had seen this episode a lot. And when I watched again, I was like, not only is it bad from like a little kid perspective of it's 
it's just kind of a boring, uninteresting story. But also, like watching it as an adult, it's also like bad on a technical level. So right. Right. it is it, it is aged pretty, pretty terribly. I, you know, I'm always hoping for the, the little engine that could underdog story. And we find some stuff that we really like about an episode that a lot of people don't like. But this is uh, this is not the case for this one, at least not so far. Agreed. Let's move on to our next category, Liam, which I, I'm going to go out on a limb here, actually, and say this might be the highest ranked uh, ranked, <laughs> ranked score of the day. And that is going to be our music. Uh, well, we get uh, we get plenty of Superman's theme at the beginning here and some exciting car chase theme. We get uh, a pretty fun musical number that I noticed during the Jimmy Olsen chase montage. There's uh, mm-hmm. it's really like. It's not Benny Hill, not quite Benny <laughs> Hill, but it's like Benny Hill adjacent, like, well, like a little jazzed up. You're right. Um, and also uh, famously, this is a little bit reused music as this was that that particular track was originally used in uh, Joker's Millions. You're Superman's friend, right? No, I swear it isn't me. I know Superman. He pulled me out of the drink once when my boat sank. Yeah, if it wasn't for Superman, I'd be a goner for sure. Come to think of it, I never got to thank the big lug. Tell you what, if I wrote him a thank you note, you think you could pass an invitation on to him? My kid's birthday's coming up, and he just loves Superman. Superman this, Superman that. If I wasn't such a secure father, I'd be jealous. Anyway, the little guy'd really appreciate it. If Big Blue would do an endorsement on one of our TV spots. We're Big Blue Automotive, it's a natural. And don't you worry, you get a finder's fee. I take care of my friends. Frankly, my boy, you have no idea how much it would mean. To all the little baby seals of Superman would come to our charity dinner. It's black tie, but he could come as is, of course. So do you think you could show him these pamphlets? It wouldn't take him longer to read them. I mean, he is Superman, right? I have to put up with because of that noisy, stinking neighbor of mine. Now, if Superman was to pop by and lay a few of those super punches into the wall, then that louse would turn down his stereo. Hey, I ain't done talking to you yet. Oh, look, it's Superman's <gasps> friend. Angela to take back that story. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a fun piece of trivia. So that's 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 a fine piece. It's it's enjoyable. There's piano mm-hmm. in there. There's some horns. There's uh, you know, Jimmy losing his his uh his mind as he's being pursued by this gaggle of girls. And uh so and then at the end, we of course get the best part of Metallo being in this episode and that being his, the Metallo theme returns and that returns with a vengeance. We get a, a pretty long period of the, of the episode here with that, uh, that theme playing in the background and increasing doing its best as the little engine that could to, uh, to try and, and create some sort of tension for that final scene there. So I will say that I think that it was uh, that this has to be, for me, the highest ranked score. And I, I just love that Metallo theme so much. It's so iconic. It's one of the best pieces I think that was written for Superman, the animated series. And one that, uh, you know, you 
just as we've mentioned on every other appearance of Metallo is just something that sticks in your head. It's an iconic piece. It's something that was written so incredibly well, uh, fits that character so perfectly and, uh, and does its best to, to, like I mentioned, raise the, raise the tension of the, the scene and create, create that sort of panic or, or agony that, uh, you know, your, your favorite superhero there, Superman is, is in, in peril. Yeah, no, I, I I think that's the the Superman theme and the Metallo theme are probably the the best parts of it. Like I said, I did I did have that note and uh, that sound. It was a little bit of reused music from uh, from from uh, Joker's Millions, as mentioned. And then, and then yeah, my only thought is I feel like during the heat of the battle, my favorite part of the Metallo theme is usually where they they lay in that's that you know that string refrain going back and forth sounding like this you know unstoppable force that's just coming after you constantly and they sort of lay the other music on top of it but i feel like there's a, a fair amount in that fight where they're kind of laying out that uh, you know that dun 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 like they're kind of laying out it's just a couple of notes back and forth they're kind of laying that and it's just sort of the you know the the more the the horns and the and the percussion which is good but it didn't. It didn't necessarily have that constant refrain, which is maybe my favorite part of the uh, or favorite element of that Metallo theme. Um, I mean, that being said, I think yeah, I think it's it's solid. It's not. Uh, I didn't really have anything great to say about the music. Like I said, if anything, maybe I could have used more of the the Superman theme or or something to uh, to jazz it up. But uh, overall, I ended up settling on a five out of ten for music. Uh, that's that's not bad. I went a little bit higher. I went a seven out of ten just because I do love that Metallo theme, and I felt very guilty about giving so many blow scores to this episode in some way. <laughs> and uh, you know, I've I've given given that Metallo theme such such high praise. I felt like I would be doing it a shame. It's not its fault that uh, the rest of the episode sucks. So, uh, yeah, let's move on to our final category for today, Liam, which is going to be our voice acting. Uh, not too many new voices, as far as I know, a lot of returning characters here, but uh, and uh, actually not really a, a huge cast here either. But uh, we do have some returning favorites. Let's talk about today's voice cast. That's right. So I will just mention some uh, some uh, one name we know from from other series. Uh, Melissa Disney is uh, is just one of the random girls, I think, screaming at Jimmy. Um, <laughs> but we uh, we know her. She does a couple different voices in, in Batman Beyond. She voices uh, not only does the the uh, non uh, she doesn't speak words, but she's the voice of Curare. And then uh, I believe also plays Blaze or one, one of the uh, one of Terry's uh, one of those the girls at, at Terry's high school. But um, wanted to mention that. And then I will just mention uh, Larry Cedar is playing the uh, the restaurant owner who uh, tells Jimmy to bring Superman next time. And I only mention him because he played uh, Chevy Chase's character, Pierce Hawthorne's father on Community. Uh, in a pair of episodes, which are are very uh, very. One of your favorite shows. Yes, and that's yes, yeah, one of the one of my favorite shows of all time. So, uh, give him a shout there. But yeah, other than that, we have uh, we do have Dina Sherman as Tina. Um, she's she's fine. Uh, veteran veteran voice actress herself, but uh, um, it looked looked like she had done a lot of the the English dubs for for various uh, anime over the years. So. Uh, again, she doesn't she doesn't get a lot to do. Um, but then I feel like they didn't they didn't really turn up the the villainous side to her once it is revealed that she's working with Metallo. So I, I don't know if you would blame the the actor for that or, or more the the voice direction in that case. But 
um, nothing, nothing too, nothing too bad or good. Just, just kind of there. Um, but then, yes, we have our, our returning cast. We have, we have, as mentioned briefly, Dana Delaney as Lois, who actually does have like two legitimately funny lines, I think, in this episode. <laughs> um, one is is at the at the opening of it when when Tina's giving her the files and her bracelets are jingling, and she's just so annoyed <laughs> at, at everything this girl is doing. I think she's good there. And then the the line is Superman zips out the window behind her and her her skirt flies up and all of that. Uh, and she, she uh, tells Perry that maybe she should start wearing pants. I, think uh, <laughs> I thought that was a legitimately pretty funny line. Um, yeah. She delivers those very well. I, that's, that's fine. There's not a lot. Unfortunately, I feel like maybe uh, her having a larger role in this episode would have done more for it, but uh, we don't get that. So. <laughs> yeah. And there's even a part where she mentions uh, when she hears Angela Chen, uh, Lauren Tom is Angela Chen's reporting that, Jimmy has apparently saved Superman's life on four or five occasions that one, it's not true. And two, what the heck am I chopped liver? Like I thought she was uh, her being, her being angry that the, that the truth isn't being told, but also a little bit more angry that she's not getting the credit she deserves for being, being part of the Superman inner circle. I thought was, uh, was pretty funny as well. So um, Dan Delaney, a highlight, not, not surprisingly, but yeah, uh, speaking of uh, other returning characters, we do have Malcolm McDowell uh, returning as, as you mentioned for the final time as Metallo and uh, man, I wish he had more to do because he's, he's good, but he doesn't, doesn't get much to do here. I feel like, so I feel like towards the end of the episode, he was sort of classic Metallo, Malcolm McDowell. I feel like that first introduction, I don't know if it was voice direction for inexplicably he seems like he mails it in for that first scene where jimmy is brought to the rv and mm -hmm. i don't know if it was him trying to convey confusion as metallo but it didn't it didn't come off like he was he was acting in the way that we've seen him act <laughs> you know that sort of over the top mm -hmm. thespian acting that we're used to it seemed very calm and reserved and which almost made me think and again i had seen this episode also a lot but i was like is there some sort of amnesia plot here that i don't remember that he <laughs> has come up again because we already seen the amnesia you know in action figures is he is he yes. gonna is he have amnesia again does he not remember who jimmy is what is this why have you brought me him? <gasps> no, he's confused, but he just, it felt like he was just sort of mailing it in at times. I will say he turns it up at the end and his sort of, his sort of utter confusion as Jimmy hurls battery acid on him and asks him what that was <laughs> supposed to do uh, was probably his, his best delivery of the episode, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think, like I said, I think he, he picks it up at the end, but definitely, um, um, I think by law of averages, at least, uh, which is high praise to him, that this is obviously his his worst performance to date as Metallo. But again, that's, I don't blame him. I blame, I, I would blame the material that he was given, as, as we often say here. But yes, uh, all that's left now is our, our top two actors. We, of course, have Tim Daly as Superman, who doesn't get much to do. Uh, like I said, spends spends gets a little bit more to do as Clark in the in the opening, as we mentioned. He's trying to be a good friend and a wingman for Jimmy, trying to get his confidence up. And 
I do like when when after Angela Chen has almost murdered like 30 people in Metropolis <laughs> and she asks him for a quote and he just tells her you don't want you don't want to hear what I have to say or whatever and then flies off. I think that's a that's a good that's a good Superman moment there. But uh, yeah. that, that I think Tim Daly delivers well. But yeah, the rest of the episode. He doesn't like I said. He just doesn't get much to do. Um, you know, he's 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 okay in that in that final scene. Is he's, he's, he's kind of reassuring Jimmy and telling him about the signal watch that he built for him. But uh, yeah, nothing nothing to write home about there. And then of course we have uh, David Kaufman as Jimmy Olsen, uh, without a doubt the most uh, most screen time uh, that uh, that this character has gotten in the series, and uh, he does as good of a job as one could do again given the material i think i think there are moments where he's genuinely good and funny um uh, across this episode but again it's just nobody nobody really gets a lot to do in that in that third act even even jimmy at that point and um it's yeah i feel i feel like the highlights come in that again like we we talked about in plot in that uh, that kind of comedic middle part of the second act where he's you know kind of being accosted by all of these crazy people who want who want his, who want his attention because he knows superman yeah i think he he's a big bowl of okay and i think that he <laughs> he he the character comes across as sort of like i'm annoyed at him when he's trying to sort of revel in the in the the glory of being superman's pal trying to impress tina in that one scene but then you you do kind of start to feel bad for him in that that comedic sense and then when he's you know unknowingly lured by his what he thinks is his punk girlfriend to witness her make out with a supervillain and then nearly kill him in a car crusher like i do do feel a little bit bad for him at that point and that's based on the the performance and i think that that final scene between him and and superman where he's presented the watch honestly felt very genuine it was pretty it was it was a nice little bow on the episode and that it so yeah i i think that i think putting a bow on the episode that way you know for the both of them was was the perfect way to end that but um you know it's it's fine. I don't like the character of Jimmy Olsen in Superman, the animated series. So that leaves me a little bit biased, but uh, that doesn't say anything against, against his, his acting at all. Yeah. So uh, overall, like I said, and this is less on anyone's individual performances and more on just the lack of stuff for them to do. Uh, but I, I settled on a four out of 10 for voice acting this week. Uh, I went also because I was in a bad mood. If I'm being <laughs> honest, by this by the point that I got to where I was scoring our final category here, I'm just I'm in a bad mood, and uh, and so maybe this would have been a five or a six on other weeks because I like I said I do think uh, David Coffin does a good job, but it's I think it's easily like I said I was really disappointed with Malcolm McDowell not getting much to do because he's so he's so over the top and chews so much scenery and in, in so many uh, in episodes that he's in. And, uh, you know, nothing for really for Tim Daly or a larger role for Dana Delaney would have helped as well, which, again, maybe you can blame more of that on the plot, but I can't go lower than a zero for for my plot score. So there's some uh, there's some splash damage here in the voice acting. Department. <laughs> you can't go lower than zero, he said. Uh, well, I went with a five out of ten. I think everybody is perfectly adequate. I think even a better performance and from Mr. McDowell would have brought things up a little bit, but it's just nobody really stood out. Nobody really feels like they're they're doing their very best other than Mr. Kaufman. 
Uh, so, and which is okay, but the entirety of the episode resting on his shoulders is, is not something that I would have liked to have, or that honestly, that was warranted for him. He's a fine voice actor. I don't want to mm-hmm. put him down. I think that the role, the role that he plays is perfectly fine, but that character leading, leading the entire episode pretty much is, was unfortunately setting, setting this episode up to fail. Everybody else's voice perfectly adequate mr mcdowell sort of not being himself for that first little introduction piece sort of brought my score down a little bit so just an even five there all right liam well that will bring whoa oh whoa well if you're not familiar with that sound uh, that is not the bonus point sound. That is the deduction point sound, <laughs> or also known as the negative bonus point sound. Uh, and there were two of them there. So that means that uh, each of us have our own uh, negative bonus point. Liam, I'll start. Uh, my negative bonus point uh, goes once again to visuals, because un- uh, unlike <laughs> what you said, that you couldn't go lower than zero with your scores, you actually can if you give a, a deduction point to the same category. And uh, I'm I'm giving a deduction point to animation and visuals because it was just that unbearable. Uh, so all of the things that we said and we didn't like about animation and visuals, uh, I take an additional one point away from that. So technically the first negative score for a, for a category <laughs> in history there, if, if we were really tallying it up here but since we can't give negative scores i'll just take an additional point away what about you yeah that's kind of uh, i'm in the same ballpark my negative point is because this episode's boring and ugly and uh (laughs) and yeah so uh, that's that's my bonus point it's it's a twofer in the sense that it's just really really thought the plot was a letdown for all the reasons we've already talked about and then (laughs) it's a bad story it's not interesting at all and on top of it it's uh it's um it's very unpleasant it's unpleasant to watch it's unpleasant to look at it's unpleasant to uh to uh watch this episode so yeah there's my uh my negative point as well gotcha yeah well at least we had fun talking about it you we know did. we didn't really have fun watching it but we had fun talking about it and fun talking about what we didn't like about it so really who who really uh i think the well the i think i think you know friends we, we've made uh, along the way <laughs> <laughs> yes i mean i would just say and again if you like this episode i would like to hear why uh tweet us or uh or get, leave us a comment on instagram at dcau review uh you are not wrong to feel that way i just uh this is a this is in rarefied air as we'll get to when we give our final scores in a moment here but also just because i will i love an episode like this because it comes around uh very rarely it's there's plenty of episodes that were like yeah that was all right and there's plenty of episodes that are good or great uh very very that's why we have a, a dollar we have to put a dollar in the jar when we bring them up because there aren't that many uh episodes that fall into this rarefied air where we just really, really didn't like it, uh, you know, across the across all of our our DCAU shows. So this is a, this is a this is a special occasion, and and yeah, I think I we had a lot of fun uh, in 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 reviewing it, even if it was uh, just a lot of talk about mostly things we didn't like. All right. Well, before we move on to wrapping this week's episode up, I will say, uh, well, I guess we need to get to our final scores. So totaling everything up at the end here with my deduction point uh, i ended up with a 
13. <laughs> wow. 13 out of out of 40. What about you? And I ended up with <laughs> historically the lowest score I have ever given anything we have ever reviewed. <laughs> And I'm just, I'm going to run out of money, but I'm just going to name some of our, our least favorites over the years. Fear of Victory, uh, 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 Eternal Youth, Unity. Um, all of those episodes, to me, uh, Moon of the Wolf, all of these episodes. Pale Cat Scratch in, Fever. <laughs> Cat Scratch Fever, yes. Uh, all of those episodes uh, pale in comparison to this. The new king of uh, Turd Mountain, as it were. <laughs> Uh, as I came to a final score between my my regular scores and my minus one bonus point, I came to a final score of eight out of forty. <laughs> Kobe, oh man, oh wow. Well, Liam, that will lead us to it. We have to discuss it. Rewatchability. You know now, the worst part. One, on the surface, <laughs> one might say there is absolutely no reason for this episode to ever be viewed by anyone ever again. However, might I point out, Your Honor, Exhibit A, this concludes, as we've mentioned several times, the Metallo story arc. Never heard from again until mm -hmm. we see him again in Justice League. So this is a returning villain. This is what happens to him after his intergang run. He's down on his yes. luck and hanging out with a punk girlfriend. <laughs> Like many men in his 40s, right. he ends up living <laughs> in a terrible a house right. and dating a girl half his age. <laughs> living in an RV. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so oh, what man. say you, Liam? Is there even a hint of a thumb up? I this? think it's a one thumb up <laughs> because not only, as you mentioned, it's a, it is the finale of Metallo in the series. It's also the signal watch comes back. He uses it in other episodes of this series, and it's a plot point in a Justice League Unlimited episode. Oh, so man. I think you have to. I think this one, if if you're rewatching, this has this has important moments that this is part of uh, of some important stuff, and and it is an episode that also and it also has the comic book tie-in of it being a you know a an adaptation of a of some classic, uh, some classic stories where, where Superman gives him the watch. So yeah, I think it's, it doesn't get a thumb up as far as being a good episode if you're just rewatching Superman, but it definitely gets the thumb up as far as, as you said, it's a returning villain. It's his last appearance in the series, uh, one of the biggest villains of the series. And it's, uh, you know, this, this signal watch, the signal watch will return. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I think this gets one thumb up for rewatchability, as silly as that sounds. I can't get over the fact that this is the worst episode that you've ever ranked and you are yeah. like, you are making a case for this to be, yeah. <laughs> to be rewatched. I just wanted to be I, clear that I agree with you. I don't disagree with you. That's the irony. Is unlike, it? unlike Angela Chen, I, <laughs> I have, I have, I am adhering to the objective nature of how we do our rewatchability scoring on this, on this show, which is one or two, one thumb up we can get one thumb up for it being a good episode of the series or being important to the series and the other thumb up is if it comes back later in other episodes or in uh, another series and this at least this kind of qualifies for at least one thumb up so there you go i love it liam renner fair and balanced <laughs> fair and balanced tmcr <laughs>
All right. Well, yeah, I, I, for all those reasons, I totally agree with you. So, uh, man, I love that. And that just goes to prove, you know, anything can happen here on the DCAU review, just because (laughs) we don't like an episode doesn't mean that it's not important to your watch through. If you've never watched these, or if you're doing a rewatch of, of all the important episodes. So, Mm -hmm. uh, love that. All right, Liam. Well, that about wraps us up for this week. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. As Liam's already mentioned, we love to hear your feedback on this episode. Uh, We absolutely, uh, in only the most loving way we do here at the DCAU Review, tore this episode apart. Uh, But if truly this is an episode that you absolutely love please uh give us some feedback send us what is it Mm -hmm. about this episode that you love i know are there things about this that you do have those sort of nostalgia goggles for that you appreciate uh you know we'd love to hear your thoughts as we said we respect everybody's opinion about every episode uh you know and and understand that everybody has the right to to feel and appreciate and love certain episodes i read a review of this episode on the nerdist where this guy was defending this episode and said there's no way this is the worst episode or any any bottom tier episode so i was like all right well you know there are people out there that don't think that this episode sucks so i respect your opinion and i would love to hear it so tweet us at dcau review or leave a comment as liam said on instagram while you're there give us a follow on both of those don't forget subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app uh, whether it's uh, itunes or whether it's Apple Podcasts or Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, If the podcast app lets you leave a review, we would much appreciate that. Leave us a five-star review and uh, a little blurb if it so allows you to, to give the potential listeners an idea of what they're getting themselves into here. Also, don't forget, if you're looking to support the podcast, you can do that in a couple of ways, other than just subscribing to the podcast or to following us on social media, you can head over to dcaureview.com, click on the store tab and pick yourself up a piece of merch. You can also check the link at the bottom of the podcast here. There's a link there. If you wish to subscribe to the podcast uh, and donate some of your hard-earned coins to us, we would greatly appreciate that. Or uh, if you're looking to do it the old free 99 way, check out The Pod Tower on YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe to us on there and check out some of the videos from us and our friends at Tim Talk and the Watchtower database. Liam, we have another exciting Superman episode coming up next week. So let's discuss what that will be. That is right. And we've got another episode of Superman, the animated series to review next week. And uh, it's it's got another pair of returning villains. And that being uh, the everybody loves a classic supervillain team up. And that's what we've got for you next week. Let's re-review uh, Double Dose. All right. We get a little live wire, a little parasite action. Excited to review that one. Haven't seen that in a little bit. But uh, yeah, Liam, until then. I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU. Bye-bye.